Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Cream of Caroline, the hottest, bubbliest casserole lifestyle podcast on the planet. I'm your host, Caroline Hatchett, and I am so excited for this very first episode of the pod. It's summertime, guys, which means hot dog season is in full swing, and tonight we're going to make not one, not two, but three hot dog casseroles. And joining me tonight and bringing his own special treats is Fred Maurer, New York's very own hot dog boyfriend. We're going to have a casserole review cameo from the one and only Matt Renskers, who's going to be joining us on future episodes. And then the gang's coming over to eat all the dogs. We're going to have Sean, Joe, and Kenneth for a real saucisson fest. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get cooking. What's in the oven? Here's a quick breakdown of dinner tonight. And as a reminder, since this is the first episode of the podcast, you can get full recipes on Cream of Caroline on Instagram. And most of the recipes from this season are coming from the 1961 Better Homes and Gardens Casserole Cookbook. You can buy that on Amazon, Etsy, and eBay as well. So first up, hot potato salad with Frank's. Starts out pretty simply, boil potatoes, roughly chop them, saute onions and bacon together, rendering that bacon fat. And for the cream element, it's where it starts to get a little bit weird. You're going to add flour to the bacon fat, emulsify it with vinegar and water. And to that, you're gonna add a little bit of mayonnaise, toss all of the vegetables, bacon, potatoes together, put into a casserole dish, and then wreathe with a beautiful ring of hot dogs around the exterior. Now those are hot dogs that have just been um, split in two down the center. And put that in the oven, bake until hot, remove top with celery seeds, parsley, and some sliced boiled eggs for uh, a beautiful final touch. Next, uh, we have Jiffy Cheese Furters. And all you really need to know are split hot dogs, Cover with processed cheese. Tonight it's going to be Laughing Cow. Top that with hand-crushed Fritos and bake until bubbly. You would be really surprised and disgusted with yourself if you knew how delicious that combination was. And last, we have Limas and Franks. For that, I have taken beautiful Rancho Gordo Gigante beans. Now, Rancho Gordo is this really special heirloom bean purveyor out of Napa, and I've used their beans almost exclusively in my kitchen for the past like nine or 10 years. So I'm cooking those gigante beans and then desecrating them with a shit load of ketchup, plus tomato sauce, vinegar, brown sugar, onions, and Worcestershire sauce, which is really hard for me to say and even harder for me to spell. And um, I'm gonna take hot dogs uh, after that's been added to a casserole dish, split them about three quarters of the way down, uh, fill the centers with cheddar, put that on top of the beans, uh, place in the oven, make some hot magic happen, remove and serve to my guests. That's what's in the oven tonight. And now, casseroles in the news. I want to make sure that all of Cream of Caroline listeners know what's happening in the world of casseroles and what's happening with casseroles out there in the world. Each week, I report on real events and food happenings. First up, 
The youth of Helsinki, Finland can enjoy free lunches in the park all summer long, including soups, stews, and salmon casserole. This is the city's 77th year of feeding children while they're out for summer vacation. Stateside, Maggie Hinkle earned a spot as one of Pender County, North Carolina's Students of the Week in her final days of the school year. Congrats, Maggie! In an interview, the South Topsail Elementary School student said her favorite color is red, her favorite TV show is Gilligan's Island, where have you been, sister, and her favorite food, chicken noodle casserole. In darker news, Teresa Drum, a Western Pennsylvania woman, has begun her 6-15 to 15 year sentence for the shooting death of her husband after what authorities said was a drunken argument about money, sex, and a charred tuna casserole. Teresa, it wasn't worth it. And finally, Washington Post food editor Joe Yonan waxed last week about his love of overcooked broccoli. He says, One of the dishes my mother made that I remember most fondly was her broccoli cream cheese casserole, for which the broccoli was steamed until soft, then combined with cream cheese and butter, showered with breadcrumbs and baked. But instead of sharing his mom's recipe in WAPO, Yonan gives us a modern mascarpone de pasta dish. No thanks, Joe. You can keep your pine nuts and gorgonzola. And that's it for casseroles on the news. All right, we have meat man, charcutier, and New York City's very own hot dog boyfriend, Fred Maurer. Hello, Fred. Hello, Caroline. I hope you're ready to eat some pretty wild casseroles. I'm very excited. Uh, so on the menu for you, and then we're going to have some guests come on later, uh, we have a hot potato salad with Frank's. Jiffy cheese furters, uh, <laughs> which I don't know that anyone should eat, but hopefully, I hope that it's good. That's uh, what I'm most excited about. Uh, and then limas and franks that were made with like beautiful Rancho Gordo beans, and then the rest of the products are uh, slightly questionable. Uh, but you, you're a casserole man. You grew up in the middle of the country. I am a Midwesterner. This is a good fit. And I know you're a Southerner, so I feel like these. this is a marriage. The, the overlap, yeah. culturally. Yeah. So, uh, what, what casseroles did you grow up with? Uh, I was thinking about this, and I don't necessarily... Well, how can we define a casserole? I mean, for me, it's like lasagna is a casserole, enchiladas are a casserole. Baked in, or put together within a dish. Right. I mean... Like a sauce and so, component. I'm, I'm, I was trying to think of the things we grew up with that um, may or may not constitute as casseroles, but I would say Midwest classics. Okay. Um, in like jello salads and uh, like, um, I remember a shredded carrot and, and raisin salad. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a cup of sugar in it as well. Um, some of the... The like my, my favorite is uh, was ham loaf that my grandma would make. Um, I've been looking for this ham loaf for very we'll be today. Uh, very long which time. I, if I can tell you the ingredients, um, it's pretty great. It's equal parts ground ham and ground pork. For the panade, uh, the binder, <laughs> if you will, uh, is um, eggs, milk, and graham crackers, and then it's That's glazed. So weird. <laughs> It's it's glazed with uh, um, condensed tomato soup mixed with vinegar, brown sugar, and yellow mustard. Okay, what was your grandma's name? Uh, Marie. Marie, and yeah. why and why do you? What about this concoction do you love? I think it just like tastes like 
being a kid, I, I don't make it very often. Um, and when I've made it the last two times, um, it gets about a 50-50 rating for most people. <laughs> it's very sweet, um, but it does taste, um, it just kind of tastes like home. It tastes like something familiar. Uh, we really enjoyed it on um, like the next day, uh, cold with yellow mustard on King's Hawaiian bread or um, a sweet roll like that. Well, I'm, I may like steal a few slices and eat them cold tomorrow. Yes, and you go, should. And yeah. go seek those things that's, out. That's the way to do it, I think. Uh, but other things we ate, like, um, and I also, you know, we also have heavenly rice on the menu, uh, a dessert that, um, if you want to call it a rice pudding, but it's cooked rice mixed with whipped cream and canned pineapple, um, sugar, maraschino cherries, and mini marshmallows. Yeah, my mom did. My mom did fruit salads with nuts and like cream substances, but I've never had. I've never had heavenly I, rice. I remember the yeah fruit salads or or or, um, or jello salads with with cream and like and fruit in there. But but the heavenly rice it was always a treat when we would go out on our like Sunday or uh, Friday evening dinners. <laughs> and what town was this? This was in Worcester, Ohio. Okay, and where did you eat the heavenly rice? The heavenly rice was at the barn restaurant. It was a big building um, in an old barn next to a pond with ducks and catfish. And you that could you put, could feed them. You could put the quarter oh, in the yeah. machine and have the pellets and throw them. And inside the restaurant, you would find um, lots of old farm material, mm -hmm. uh, or farming, um, farming equipment um, with, uh, you know, like scythes um, mm -hmm. and, um, and different, different very, like, large machinery as you before you walked in and then there was a, a salad bar oh you can eat salad bar that we would obviously always go for um and heavenly rice was on the menu and it was always like i mean is it a dessert is it part of the main course it kind of doesn't matter <laughs> Some of these starch lots, yeah. of, lots of yeah. starch with binders but another thing my i would say my one of my favorite things that my mom made for us um was uh, it, I guess it could be a casserole. It, she called it green boogers. What green boogers? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was to get us to eat it, but it was really good. I think it was a mix of. Uh, can we say brand names on here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Velveeta and uh, cream cheese, and um, I think it was. I think it was broccoli. Mm -hmm. um, that was cooked. All the nutrients were sufficiently cooked out, right? Um, and mixed with this cheese, and then would be poured over. We would dip Doritos into it, and it looked like it, its namesake. And it's so you good. would dip so the broccoli would be chopped up. It would be yeah, it'd be chopped up almost like pulverized. Yeah. Oh my! You just unleashed some of my my like favorite <laughs> food. Um, I have a Dorito. I have a gold plated Dorito necklace. Uh, and then my mom, oh. growing up, we would eat um, Doritos dipped into cottage cheese. Do you have a favorite flavor? I'm just like classic nacho. Nacho, yeah. Yeah, obviously. The other ones smell like a, the back of a school bus to me. Like that's cool a memory I have. Yeah, the Cool Ranch. I always found it interesting when you pull out a Cool Ranch Dorito and look closely at what is on it and the specs. They look almost um, confetti-like plastic. So I, I think once I realized that, Shied away from beautiful, cool beautiful, but an inferior. <laughs> uh, but you've never had a hot dog casserole until tonight. I don't think I've had a hot dog casserole, which is pretty wild because, guys, this man has made 
I don't, you made a lot of hot dogs. Yeah, I made a lot of hot dogs. I mean, it, it's, uh, yeah, so uh, we've done some creative things with hot dogs, I think, but um, ultimately this is exciting. Other than I would say, of course, hot dogs and macaroni and cheese, but right. um, I think. That's fair. That's a, cas- that's a casserole. It is, it is, but you're taking it to a new level. Okay. So, I mean, just so the audience knows, I mean, Fred obviously makes more than hot dogs, drains, sausages, your Parisian ham, which is one of your favorite things you've ever made. Um, how how the hell did you fall into this line of work or or strive toward this line of work? Um, well, I, I remember wanting to be a cook in college. I was a theater student and uh, I started cooking. And I, I mean, if to go all the way back, you know, like we lived in Ohio, so it was a meat heavy uh, diet. Um, and I've always just really loved meat. And even thinking beyond that, I think, like, I was thinking about this. Um, do you remember, like, the, the episodes of Looney Tunes that weren't, like, with the main cast of characters? They were with, uh, sort of, they would, they would, um, explain the zoo or cars in the highway system or different inventions. These were all my, always my favorite mm-hmm. ones. And whenever it was at the zoo, whenever there's a lion, there's always like a big T-bone porterhouse steak thrown into the cage. And it always just looks so good. It looks so... (laughs) And I just think the meat was... I remember the kind of thing was so beautiful. Um, But then as I went into college and for theater, um, I wasn't really cooking, but I was always curious. And um, I cooked in high school for a restaurant um, at a Greek restaurant. Um, we would sing like opera in the back, <laughs> me and the owner. And, uh, but then after I went to college and, uh, I immediately went to culinary school and I was thinking I'll be a cook in New York and figure out what's, what's next from there. But, um, I remember learning the word charcuterie in school and I didn't know what it was. And I actually like got up the courage to ask so it was like summer sausage growing up, right? Like that's a, yeah, for me, hot that's... Hot dogs and summer sausage were, right. were charcuterie. I mean, we were, we would eat a lot of like Italian sausage as well. Like, I mean, you go to the fair. Yeah. And sausage and peppers. And, um, but never knew what that stuff was. Um, and I didn't realize I'd been eating it my whole life. Um, but really what kind of, turned the table for me, I remember eating foie gras for the first time and, and in a pate. I was like, what is this? This is, this is something like beyond my understanding mm-hmm. and I, I can't really put together the, like the magic of this. And it took me a while to figure that out and I, I was working in a restaurant, my first restaurant, um, after culinary school and um, doing garmage and I was doing mostly pastry. Um, and, I, and I hated service. Uh, even today, the ticket machine still gives me nightmares. Um, and I realized uh, more and more I wanted to learn more about charcuterie and butchering. And so I went to France and um, spent a couple months there. And uh, came back and through a whole slew of time and, and moves and, and different changes in life. I finally was able to start doing it full-time, um, where I could really focus on, on some cool stuff at Dixon's and 
work with really great meat and make a lot of different products, make a lot of mistakes, um, but kind of build a repertoire, build a love and appreciation for the work we build into it and uh, an understanding of it. So, and it was, it was at Dixon's where you're kind of hot dog. And by the way, that's my dog, Bruno, uh, cooing in the background, uh, everyone. Uh, <laughs> you might smell the hot dogs. Uh, no, it was at Dixon's where you started um, really working on your craft, but also, yep. you know, perfecting the hot dog. And I, I looked before this interview, and the, the Big Fred mm. is still on the menu. I, I believe it is. It <laughs> is, online at least. Okay, yeah. Um, what is the Big Fred, and what makes it a great hot dog? The big well, okay. So with that, um, I'll go back a little bit to a few things you said about perfecting the hot dog. All of that. When I started coming on, I had never made a hot dog. I had I had helped in France to make some frankfurter so that it could be passable for hot dogs. But I what I I didn't have any understanding because it was all in French. Um, but when I was in when I came to Dixon's and learned and I learned the way they were doing it, um, and then I was tasked to do it. And so over just weeks of repeating it, I realized what worked and what didn't, and what would make a better batch and what didn't. And um, we ended up growing the, the batch size over the time I was there by two and a half times. Now I think they're doing four times that. Um, but we, when I was doing that, we we really focused in on the on the process and, and tightened it up so so the consistency was um, was there, and and it helped me learn a lot too. But the big Fred um, came because my boss at the time came and said he wanted to do a larger format hot dog. We were doing them in lamb casings, which for anyone who doesn't know are usually about twenty six to twenty seven millimeters in. Uh, diameter and you know a normal hot dog size and so he wanted to do something larger and then he said do you want to call it should we call it the big Fred and I said sure let's do that <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like it's it's stuck. I mean it's it was basically the same hot dog it was the same the same filling but just in a larger format but it's uh but it's still available I remember it was featured on Rachel Ray once, and it was. Oh, it got that's really fancy. Whole, like, it got lots of uh, lots of um, clutch pearls. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that you picked up at Dixon's mm. uh, was your fabulous nickname. It was hot dog boyfriend. <laughs> Uh, and you know, I think listeners could imply a lot of things by that, but, uh, what, what there's is no, there? <laughs> there's no innuendo. I want to make that clear. There's absolutely <laughs> no double entendre. <laughs> uh, so, but where did it come from? It really, it, it came out of a coworker's mouth. He, he was known for having a temper and, um, our boss was asking about a part for one of the grinders and I was using it and he was and my coworker was angry at the time and, and when my boss asked this and he, and he just yelled out All right, your, your hot dog boyfriend has it <laughs> and I and I just heard the, <laughs> I just heard it and I like stopped in my tracks and I had to go back into the kitchen and like just tell people about it I thought it was so funny it was like such a nice 
funny word. It's just so funny to me. Um, and then I, I made it my Instagram, and it, and it stuck. Right, so, so follow Fred at Hot Dog, at yeah. Hot Dog Boyfriend. Hot Dog Boyfriend, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so then it just stuck. And, and then made, a, made it into a pop-up, into a company. And, um, and we were doing pop-ups for a while. Um, and, and just really like the idea of the name and like kind of it, it if it if it's something that makes you smile if it's if it brings you a little chuckle a little joy just for the for the fun of it well cream of caroline is not exactly uh you know a super straight title for a podcast either oh, so I, I, I mean maybe i'm just i'm just a corn-fed yeah. <laughs> Boy, cool. I uh, doesn't know any better, but I didn't think of anything like that. I figured it sounded like a, a nice like casserole. like a, like a can of soup, right? Like a human exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was always about just like a nice. It, it to me, it just makes me laugh, and and I think if if there's ever an opportunity to grow it and do something, that it would always be with just uh, a, a wholesome. And, and friendly and welcoming atmosphere, but uh, that's, that was always kind of my intention behind that. So. Okay, I love it. <laughs> uh, so we're rolling into summer. Uh, is this like your PTSD season? Like how many, when you were working, you've also produced hot dogs for the standard, how many hot dogs were you making like in a day, in a week, in a, how, like to feed the masses? We were making a hundred pounds a week of hot dogs, which um, at, when I started, we were doing it all with a hand, st- a hand crank stuffer. Um, I had a lot of shoulder problems. I was, I, was, I was like, it's better than working out, but no, you're like, it was problems. It yeah. wasn't, you weren't no, you, like jacking up. one side that gets okay. jacked up. <laughs> uh, and, um, and hand linking and hanging and smoking, um, which, which, which seemed like a lot, because then I was building building the other program too so we you know on a busy week I could be doing 500 pounds of sausage um, by hand myself but we I estimated that I was doing I did about I linked about 200,000 hot dogs while I was 200,000? 200,000 just hot dogs at Dixon's um, and then plus all the other sausages okay. and then wow. in, in my last gig with the standard we were doing I mean there we were um we were making kind of a large format, but I would I would do about three hundred pounds. Uh, okay. A week. A large format, so they were a bigger. Bigger sausage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you're starting a new gig soon. I am. So uh, Fred's been on uh, fun employment for a few months. Um, one month, actually less. What than, only? Less than a oh month. God! You should have. That's the yeah. one thing about. Chefs and people who work in the restaurant industry is they, you know, you guys tend to take this like it's really lovely, like a month or two months in between things and mm-hmm. breathe. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. And Fred loves the beach life. I do. <laughs> <laughs> New York has beaches I'm and the Rockaways, yeah, right on the beach, about a block from the beach. It's great. Uh, but that's that's all ending soon. So yes. to, so where um, where can we get Get the goods. So I just um, I will be starting my new position as the chef at uh, Brooklyn Larder in Brooklyn. 
Um, it's a provision shop. They do a lot of uh, prepared food, salads and sandwiches, uh, some roast meats. And um, so hopefully when I get started, we're going to be implementing more charcuterie items and, uh, and we'll be working a lot with um, really great seasonal produce and uh, doing a lot of cool stuff. I mean, maybe, just maybe uh, some of the trim, uh, you know, you could probably start making hot dog casseroles for people maybe in Brooklyn. I, can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Brooklyn uh-huh. would like that or not. I you don't, don't think so? I don't, we'll see. We'll maybe. See. If it's artisanal, it'll be right. a hit. Just, just, like, just, like, just like we're dining tonight. So yeah, we're slamming on Brooklyn. I'm not slamming Brooklyn. I just don't know that, I think that... Um, Hot dogs, they're not too lowbrow, but they're, I, th- I don't know. If, if the animals are right and the produce is right, it right. could be a lot of fun. Now I live in Queens, so I can still I read, I read the so G I today, so. <laughs> I, like, I like the G. It was actually on time. Um, for those of you listening from outside of New York, the G is uh, not even, a, it's like a half train that's like yeah. a ghost, and I try to avoid yeah. it at all costs, but it took me to my destination. It, it, you know, when it, when it comes, it does, does well. Yeah. 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 I, 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 you know, we're, we're on the radio. Uh, once I, I will just like to say for the record, I really appreciate New York City's uh, transit system. I am maybe the one person who won't complain about it. It's uh, and I live where I live. It's difficult. And we and I digress, but I was reading. Um, there's been a a person that the transit authority thinks has been pulling the emergency stop, and really? he's he's pulled it a hundred times, which has stopped trains and caused thousands and thousands of people to be late for work. Mm. Uh, I would love to think of some punishments that would be like appropriate, not cruel, but like really embarrassing so that like grandmas could wag their finger at him or something. He's not caught yet, but mm. also listeners, if you I, know of the bandit. Well, I have, a, I have an idea for people. If we could just have, since we have public shaming, and I know we're digressing, but, <laughs> but some, an idea that I've had for, for recently was that if you commit a crime that isn't really like a violent crime or, or something that really deserves a lot of uh, punishment in, a, in prison or anything, I think that you should have your internet search history read in front of <laughs> an audience. <laughs> I think that would be a good one for, for, a, for a break polar. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't even know if I want to read your internet search history. Uh, well, <laughs> controversies and crimes. Yeah. I was reading, I was going back through some old interviews with you, and um, you eat ketchup on hot dogs. Controversies and crimes. <laughs> uh, I feel like in I, New York, that's like not a thing that you're supposed to do. Yeah, but like, what is, it's, it's 2019, man. Like, eat, eat a hot dog how you want to eat a hot dog. And when people get so mad about how people eat things, <laughs> eat pizza with a knife and fork, like, do it. Just, like, put ketchup on a hot dog if you want. I don't know the last time I've had ketchup on a hot dog. But I, um... But you don't hate it. I grew up eating it. I don't really like... I guess I don't really like ketchup. Because ketchup tastes like the refrigerator and, like... I hope you like the beans tonight. There's a lot of ketchup in the beans. No, well, okay. (laughs) I'm excited. The beans, they look great. Um, But, no, I don't have any problem with 
people eating ketchup on a hot dog, it's from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up eating ketchup on hot dogs, yeah. but I, I I don't know if the, sh- the the fear of shame from like a cart. Um, where are you they? You wouldn't do it. I know I would just do mustard. Uh, no, I, I don't really the problem with the carts is that if you ask for the condiment, they just empty the entire bottle on it. Yeah. So that's my problem with hot dog carts, but I still like it. I, I prefer... I love a hot dog, a boiled hot dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, no skin, boiled hot dog. Yeah. Boiled hot dog. Okay. My, you want my favorite hot dog? Please tell me your favorite hot dog. Is a Hebrew National. I love them. Well, you're in luck. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you're in we, luck. Uh, there are four packs of Hebrew National hot dogs. Yeah. Uh, that went into dinner tonight. Um, and then joining us for dinner later uh, is Joseph Ear. He's a writer for Epicurious, and he I think he just tasted like 10 hot dog brands or something crazy. And he also uh, came out in favor of Hebrew National. Oh, nice. nice. So if you can't eat a Big Fred or any hot dogs that you're making, yeah. Hebrew National. I think I can. They're pretty thin. Like, they, they seem do, like there's a nice fat. ratio. They were fat. Oh, I got I got skinny no, ones. No, no, that's okay. In college, we used to take because we didn't have we had a microwave, and we would take pre cooked bacon and wrap Hebrew nationals mm-hmm. and throw those in the microwave, and then put them on a bun and and coat cover them in cheese whiz. Cheese whiz, yeah. Why not? Because it's, it's why not? Because <laughs> it's good. That's wait. That's why. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the worst hot dog you've ever eaten? Or do you really hate hot? Is there a hot dog that you just like hate it and you? Uh, the, th- the first thing that comes to mind is when I went. I was in Paris, and for some reason, I went to Euro Disney and had a hot dog there. And it was on a baguette or something. There are so many questions. How old were you? Uh, twenty-six. You're twenty-six, yeah. and you were in Paris. Yeah, I was doing my stash at, at a charcuterie there. And. You wanted to go to Euro Disney. Uh, I didn't. Or was there a girl? Like, what was the? So a friend of mine and her girlfriend came down from Scotland, and they were staying with me over New Year's Eve, and they had tickets. They had free tickets to Euro Disney, and they said, "You want to come?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." Like doing anything else, and and then I. They took their free tickets and I had to pay full price. And it was like 60 euro. And, I wasn't and you had full, no money, I, right? Wasn't, yeah, I wasn't making any money. Um, and like, now I'm stuck in this thing. And because, I don't know if this is true about all Europeans or uh, Scottish people or British people, but I, I, I don't think they totally understood the concept of uh, an amusement park and being from Ohio having some really great amusement parks like Cedar Point and Geauga Lake accustomed to waiting in line mm-hmm. they didn't understand that at all and so they just complained the whole thing okay and then they complained and crappy hot dog. you weren't in Paris yeah. uh, and you had a crappy hot dog on a baguette I feel like texturally the baguette and the hot dog just too like much. cut your mouth too much too much bread the ratio is off yeah. but otherwise I think like a hot dog is you can't really mess it up I also have a problem with people putting too much stuff on hot dogs. I don't have a problem with it. Put put whatever you want on it. But that doesn't... 
a lot of. Are, are you speaking out against like the town of Chicago right now? No, I like it, Chicago. Oh, okay. But when people get like gourmet, when people get gourmet on a hot dog, or when you're putting, we will not be doing that. Today. Macaroni and cheese, and like just loading it up. Then what's the point of the hot dog? Just take the hot dog off. Right. Just have another sandwich. Or dice it and put it into a casserole, into and, a cas- and yeah. just do that. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, I think, Fred, I think it's time uh, to crank up the oven. Okay. And to get bubbly. Great. And then as soon as that's over, hopefully we'll have Joe and Kenneth and Sean arrive, and then we'll eat some casserole. Fantastic. Okay, well, thank you so much. Are you really starving? Okay, good. I'm excited. Uh, You can find him at Brooklyn Larder this summer, doing beautiful things to the menu, making all kinds of charcuterie. Uh, and I will I will visit you very soon. Great, I'm excited. All right. So before we dive into dinner and take our first bites of Fred's ham loaf and the rest of the dishes, I want to bring you our first installment of casserole reviews with Matt Redskers. Hot dog casserole from Genius Kitchen. Recipe by Heather Feather. Copyright 1615. The original version of this recipe came from the Northern Exposure Cookbook by Ellis Weiner himself. This is a real family-style, kid-pleasing recipe that I often bring to potlucks, public beheadings, religious persecution showers, and family gatherings. It is like a pot of macaroni and cheese, but with the added surprise of Weiner's. You may use reduced fat ingredients if you have health concerns, but it will not be quite as rich. Personally, I like my wieners thick and long and a little flimsy at the tip, but that's just me. Ingredients. One eight ounce box of elbow macaroni, freshly cooked and drained, of course. One half pound of wieners sliced, ooh. Two and one-fourth cups American cheese, English cheese, English cheese preferred, or two and one-fourth cups Velveeta cheese shredded, five tablespoons unsalted butter, one small onion, very finely chopped, of course, one-fourth cup of all-purpose flour, two cups milk freshly squeezed this morning from the cow's utter, one-fourth teaspoon of ground black pepper, one-half teaspoon of salt. Directions. If you don't have a fire spit for a whole hog, a standard oven will suffice. Preheat oven to 350 degrees and grease a two-quart casserole in whatever way you want to grease it. Add freshly cooked and drained macaroni into the casserole dish along with the sliced wieners Ooh, and just two cups of the cheese. Mix well. Combine butter and onion in a medium saucepan and saute over medium heat until the onion is wilted like Christopher Marlowe's writing. Whisk flour into the butter mixture quickly until flour is absorbed, then remove from the heat. Next, you will add your milk slowly, whisking to combine it well. And make sure you whisk very quickly and thoroughly or you will have doughy clumps. Return to heat. Whisk in the salt and pepper and bring to a boil, still whisking. Just be careful not to let it burn. We don't want burny wieners, do we? 
As soon as it starts to hit the boiling point, take it off the fire and pour evenly over the macaroni mixture. Stir gently to combine. Sprinkle it with remaining one fourth cup cheese and bake uncovered for 18 to 20 minutes or until heated through and the cheese has melted and browned. For variety, I have tried other types of cheeses and thought cheddar blended with Monterey Jack, which was also very nice. And Mr. Jack is known to be quite lovely in other areas. And aside, this dish does not freeze well. Reviews from the public opinion. Annie writes, Best hot dog casserole I've ever eaten. Creamy, delicious, and had the perfect pasta to hot dog ratio for me. Delicious. Annie, I couldn't agree more. Glynn writes, oh, Not what I had hoped, but it was good. I think a spice of some sort would be good. Maybe green chilies or something. Next time I'll jazz it up. Well, Glenn, next time you do that, why don't you? Psalm 5437 writes, I cooked this the other night for my husband and six-month-old daughter. My husband is very picky and he actually liked this and my little one was just learning to eat the table. You know, I'm already bored with this review. It sounds like your husband and child are one and the same. Jane Shoemaker writes, I make this dish for my grandchildren, but use potatoes instead of the macaroni. Well, Jane Shoemaker, you sound like a witch. I'd watch your back if I were you. So hot take on on that on the ham loaf. Is that what it's official? It's called ham loaf. Officially. Ham loaf, yeah. Ham loaf officially. Okay. And there's no there's no vanilla in here. No vanilla. Brown pepper. <laughs> Brown sugar. Brown, okay, there's a ton of brown sugar and the just the in the topping. Just in the topping, yeah. And the glaze. Yes. <laughs> How much graham cracker? It's two cups crushed. 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 So like food processor or just with your man hands? With in a you know, like um, rolling pin and plastic bag. No, I think that the I'm not a big sweets person. I think the mustard would be a really nice counterpoint on the sandwich with this. It is. I agree. Especially a yellow. No, I can totally, like, see being a kid and loving sweet things. And this is, I don't know, my mom made salmon loaf, which was just disgusting. Uh, and smelled terrible, and it came out of a can. Mm -hmm. And so, like, loaves weren't my thing, but, like, this tastes so, it tastes, like, so familiar. And also has that, like, sugar thing yeah. to get you amped up yeah. at the it's dinner table. It. It's very sweet. <laughs> it's, for the Northeastern modern palate, it's, it's definitely not a first choice. <laughs> <laughs> so no, so no ham loaf on menus in your future? I think it would be great. On a, I think it would be great. On, um, with, with mustard on, on, on the right bread. Mm -hmm. It's great. Big great sandwich. All right. If you start seeing ham loaf sandwiches on restaurant menus anytime soon, you know you heard it first on the cream. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are going to have Sean, Joe, and Kenneth join us in just a moment to tell us what they think about all of our hot dog casseroles. It's dinner time. 
So guys, dinner's here. We have the Jiffy Cheese Furters, which I think is look like a fan favorite. Um, we're saying furters, right? I I don't know. <laughs> furters. How else would you say furters? <laughs> uh, with the crunchy with the crunchy topping and the laughing cow cheese. Um, I feel like maybe it's for animals and kindergartners, but um, mm, super creamy. Also for adults. Also for adults. Oh, I know someone here who eats a lot of laughing cow cheese. Who is that? That would be me. Amazing. <laughs> this is really it's good. Do you eat the salty like, creaminess of this? Is good. You might end up eating more hot dogs than you realize. You can, I they go I down know. that easier. Yeah, I think I could eat like yeah four or five. Yes. Without even noticing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you gotta it? eat it with your shoes off because your feet are gonna swell. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the chips alone. <laughs> It's salt on salt on salt, mm-hmm. but it doesn't taste too salty. That's that laughing cow. Probably <laughs> the salt. It the cleanses the palate while you eat it, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the wine we have on the table, I thought I chilled another wine. I'd love to know how you think about this with hot dogs. It's a se- <laughs> but it's a seven yen, which is a grape that's native to Jura, um, which I'm... I said, I pronounced it that way in front of a French person, and it took them 20 minutes to figure out what region I was actually describing. Um, Is that how you say it? Something like that. And um, they make really, like, hearty sausage dishes in that region. So this is, like, an Australian expression from Jim Tree. I thought that was weird, and I thought it was interesting. So I Jim Tree? Jim Tree. Um, so I feel like... I feel like maybe this is a good hot dog wine because Australians are barbecuers. Are the hot dogs of hot dogs of the of the Commonwealth of Great Britain? Right. Exactly. Hi, Jules. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah. So I don't know. What do you think about the wine? Did it I definitely it goes sweeter after you've had you know enough hot dog. Uh huh. And very grape juicy, but like in a nice way. Actually, like the ham, what did you call it? Loaf. Ham loaf. Yeah. The ham loaf. With everything else here, because everything else is so savory that the sweetness from the ham loaf. Mm. Sean, I think that was my intended pairing in the freezer. That should was a timer. It? You should mm. go get that. Oh, that's right. The seventeen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that was the This ham situation is surprisingly sweet and surprisingly like just, just keep eating it. <laughs> like, I'm like, hey, is this good? I'm like, do I really like this? <laughs> No, but you're confused, but I love it. <laughs> but you're an Iowa kid, and right. then, and then you have a Filipino palate. I feel like yeah. this is like the intersection of Filipino Filipino food and Iowa food. <laughs> Basically, yeah. right, right. It, it just needs like it like would a go little, good with a canned pineapple. I was gonna say so. there's an like, egg in the middle of it. That's a great idea. You guys, hold on, fuck. I forgot to put forgot to put a celery seed on your potato salad, so don't eat any more of it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had it. No. <sighs> but in Iowa, um, I was thinking it was like, cause I definitely missing celery seed. Were you? Playing? Were you? Were you? Are you serious? <laughs> but like, which one has all but that? But they always have some vinegar to dip in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I think the beans, right? Has the vinegar in it? Vinegar. Uh, beans have beans have vinegar. Yeah. Uh, and also the potato salad on which I just sprinkle some celery seeds for you. 
If I were in the South, I would have incorporated them into the hot mixture. I don't know why it was a garnish, but I just followed the recipe, so. Where are these recipes from? Oh. Uh, mm. They're from the 1961 Better Homes and Gardens casserole cookbook. Nice. Um, and a classic. I'm not. Do we need I, new classes? Or? No, we'll just finish the rest of our wine. Um, and I'm trying not to take too many liberties with it. Like there are some really offensive things. An episode. In another episode, I, I could not find chip beef in or dried beef in New York City, mm. so I used brasella. Um, but I talked to some Filipinos yesterday, and they said I could have found it in a Filipino grocery store. Dry beef, like Hormel, like whatever. Yeah. Um, What's it called? Oh my god. Not tapa. Um, yeah, tapa. Tachino. Tapa. Tapa, yeah, tapa, yeah. But then you'd have to all go all the way to Queens to study some. Yeah, no, that's (laughs) not. So, my intended wine pairing um, was meant to embarrass Sean. Uh, it's Vin de Savoie, and we went head-to-head last year about this time in a hot dog wine pairing competition. I lost by, like, this much. Uh, because I'm a cheated, Sean paired Lambrusco with a Criff dog, and I paired this um, Chignon, I guess, uh, with a hot dog, and I think, the su- I think you'll enjoy the subtlety of the pairing. <laughs> <laughs> And that is a wrap on the very first episode of Cream of Caroline. Thank you so much for tuning in, listening to my neighbor's children outside and the cars honking off of 6th Avenue, if you didn't notice. Our production's going to get better, our casseroles are going to get hotter, and our guests are going to continue to be fabulous. Have a wonderful evening, and until next week, keep it creamy. (laughs) 